When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to Paul's at the Wall. This is your host, Mike Paul, and we are live from Freedom Fest. Uh, with our very first interview, and our guest is Daniel Harmon, who is creator of the number one crowdfunded uh, cartoon of all time. Or how number, you yeah, well, number number one crowdfunded kid show, kid show of all, of time. all time. Yep, and it's uh, the based off the uh, Connor Boyack series, The Tunnel Twins. Yep. Um, so please tell us a little bit about your project. This is something that I'm feel very passionately about, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of uh, similar views on. So please give your story of how you got into this and where the project stands. Yeah, um, so, yeah, Tuttle Twins, I mean, it starts with the book series, right? Um, Connor Boyack, the author, he was looking for a way to educate his kids on ideas of economics and freedom, and went on Amazon and looked up different resources for it and there was nothing compelling at all and so he's like okay well maybe I'll just write something and so he wrote his book first Tuttle Twins book called The Law and it was based on Frederick Bastiat Bastiat's The Law and um, and then he put it out there and published it and it resonated incredibly well with the market like I I immediately bought it as soon as um, it had come out and read it to my kids and really enjoyed it and then one after another, he started publishing more of these Tuttle Twins books. It became a series. I bought them all as well. And once it had enough traction, he decided he wanted to make it into an animated show. And um, when I heard about that, I reached out um, with my team and said, no, I want to make it into an animated show <laughs> for you. Um, so I have, a lot of, I have a lot of background in, um, in content creation. Um, I am the chief creative officer of an ad agency called Harmon Brothers, and we're known for... Um, viral ads like Squatty Potty, uh, like the pooping unicorn and with the, the rainbow ice cream and like poopery and purple mattress and, and okay. um, yeah. Lumi and some of these others. And so I have a lot of um, experience in branding and storytelling. And so I felt like our skills would lend themselves really well to, to making something like this into, into a cartoon for kids. And so I approached Connor and um, he and I have been friends for a, for a while and have mutually admired each other's work and kind of pitched him on the idea of us doing it and he kind of really, um, so you and Connor have been friends for a long time yeah and... we've been friends for a long time we've mutually respected each other's work obviously I bought his books um, we'd worked together on another project at another point he was very much an admirer of our ads at Harmon Brothers and um, and um, 
and then we just decided to partner up on this and um, make it into you know make it into this 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 cartoon and the vision for it has been to mix like the storytelling and the comedy and the adventure elements of shows like Phineas and Ferb and The Simpsons with the education and family-friendly um, values of something like The Magic School Bus. And so that's kind of the vision for the show. Yeah. And um, we went out to the crowd with it. Our, our distributor is Angel Studios. It's known for The Chosen, um, which is a yeah, um, the first multi-season uh, TV show about the life of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, they, they broke the crowdfunding record with The Chosen of over $10 million to raise for the first season of The Chosen. And so we would said, okay, let's go ahead and just do crowdfunding for Tuttle Twins. And uh, the response was tremendous. I mean, we raised um, over $3.7 million um, from the crowd and, and set the, the record for the most, um, the most crowdfunded kid show of all time. And that's not just like kid show for freedom, but just kid show period, wow. which is crazy. Yes. And so we have funding now for a full season for 12 episodes. And, um, and we've been showing a little bit of a sneak peek here. Um, here at uh, at Freedom Fest, and yeah, the response has been has been great. I mean, the books have sold over 2.5 million copies, and um, there's a lot of parents that are really really thirsty for this kind of entertainment and this kind of education for their kids. Because I mean, quite frankly, they're not not generally going to find it in um, the public school system, and then they're gen- not generally going to find it in culture anymore. Right. So we kind of have to go out there and create it and. And um, that's, I think that's why so many people got passionate about it and invested. I mean, we had, I think it was close to 9,000 investors. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm one of those parents. So I was, you know, I, I had known about the Tuttle Twins series for a while, but um, didn't really have kids old enough for it to matter uh, or be something really relevant to me. I, I love the spirit of it. thought it was a great thing that somebody was out there doing this. Uh, but then my, my oldest daughter got uh, super interested in reading. And um, I, I was telling you off the air that our public library had a bunch of just left-wing propaganda books like radical stuff like stuff yeah. where it's like this is completely just preposterously pushing agendas on children this should be yeah. a place where it's objective when you come in here but um i went out right away and just had knee-jerk reaction like well if you're reading like you're, you're gonna like you'll see if you like the Tuttle twins i heard a lot of good things i heard i think i first heard connor on um tom wood's show years okay. ago and yeah. i was like this is cool my kids get into reading i have to remember this yeah and sure enough my daughter loved it i have boy girl twins so she thought that was a cool dynamic too that these boy girl twins were in the book and the main characters and it you guys filled you know connor filled a, a, a market demand like people wanted that when you built that yeah. and doing the television series is just it's me a whole nother level and it's something that's incredibly valuable i think there's obviously you can tell by the numbers of the books sold and the money that you've raised that the market's speaking oh yeah very much so. Like there are people really excited about this, and admittedly, about twenty five percent, I'd say, of our investors said something along the lines of, "I don't care if this thing ever makes me a dime. I just want to see it exist." Right? Right. I mean, uh, granted, we think we have a really good business model in place based on the success of what's happening with the chosen and the fact that seventy percent, seventy percent of revenue from kids shows comes from merchandise. Wow. And that's where Tuttle Twins is really well positioned. Um, we've we've gone a little bit of a diff- different direction artistically for the cartoon because it's intended as a cartoon as, a, as opposed to, you know, just an illustrated book. And we feel like it's more ready for merchandising for things like, you know, T-shirts, coffee coffee mugs, uh, backpacks, whatever whatever it might be, or toys. And um, so we're, we're very much trying to not only 
have it be something that educates kids on the ideas of freedom and helps them stand up for it, but also be something that's financially viable. Cool. And you mentioned Connor is a father as well. How many kids does he have? Yeah, Connor has a couple of kids. Okay. Yep. You said you have seven? Right? Yeah, I have seven kids. Wow. Goodness. Yep. I think I have it bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How, I mean, is that, are they pretty far apart in ages? or? Is they... uh, I mean, they're pretty bunched together. I mean, they start from 16 and they go down to uh, five years old. Our, wow. our youngest was born last year. Um, she, she was stillborn. Um, so s- seven kids, six with us. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so it's, it's I mean... My wife has the handful more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I totally know that. But I think that's the, um, you know, that's that's what it takes though to, to motivate to create a project like this. Is we as parents have a whole different uncharted waters to navigate with these kids. Yeah. Like all the propaganda coming, even from kids' toys, television, books, public schools, like. We, it's an uphill battle we have as fathers. Um, but, yeah, we have an uphill battle to keep our kids from being indoctrinated with all the uh, forces against it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and part of the reason I have the perspective that I do is because I had an uncle that um, I, w- I went to. He started a little private school. I went to his private school, and he, he very much made teaching about the history of civilizations and how they basically kind of repeat the same patterns over time if they don't learn the lessons of, you know, of the past. And he taught very much about um, economics and about um, principles of freedom. And so I had that foundation. And then when I had kids, I didn't have a great way to educate them on it. And so very much my, my interest in this is in making a show that I would have wanted as a kid or that I want my kids to see. And, and I know... Like, my desires are a reflection of probably a much, well, as we can see with, from the demand for the books and for the show so far, for, of a much larger demographic of parents that are, it's just filling a void uh, yes. of where people want uh, to give their kids um, a, better, a better education, a better foundation for the long game, right? Right. This isn't about any, this isn't about the next election cycle. This isn't about even the probably two election cycles from now. It's it's really about the long game of winning the hearts and minds now so that we can um, affect society for the better long term. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned before we started recording that you don't label it with a political ideology. No, not at all. Right. And yeah. I think that's a very important way to go about your marketing too because yeah, um, a lot of people... A lot of people kind of pigeonhole it into a thing where it's like you're the, the opposing sports team and they're not even going to look at you now. Yeah. Like before they give the time of day. Well, and what I've learned with creators as we're, as we're making this show is that if I say the word capitalism to somebody, that means something to someone. Like if I say capitalism to you, you think of freedom. You think of opportunity. You think of like foundational American principles. You think of all those types of things probably, right, Mike? Right, correct. Um, I say that to someone else and they might be thinking greed and they might be thinking um, crony capitalism. They don't know what it is, but they're thinking of that, of like, oh, these, these corrupt connections and all these government favors that are being done. And it's not actually capitalism, but that's what they're thinking of. And so there's this baggage that comes with these terms, right? right. Whether it's Republican and Democrat, liberal and conservative, um, capitalism and socialism, they all have baggage. And so we're staying away from the terms themselves and teaching the principles and then allowing those to carry the day. And we will mention a term if we provide the right definition and context around it. But just to say it, like some people will either like jump onto your side and be like, oh, I'm on your team, or they'll just like completely tune you out. Right. But if you talk in terms of the principle, all of a sudden they're like, 
Okay, I get what you're saying. Right. There's there's a massive partisan divide right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people, you know, in my day-to-day life that don't speak to relatives over who they voted for or what they believe in. Yep. And I, I, that's that's the only way you can do what you do, is you, just, you don't put labels on it. You just you lay out the principles, and people can make up their own minds. That's And, I, and that's probably adds to the appeal of the series. Oh, yeah. Just, because otherwise, it's, you know, people won't buy it because, like, I'm not indoctrinating my kids. Right. Or, you know, and it's just lay the principles out, and people are intelligent enough to make up their own minds, make their own decisions. And we actually have an episode coming up where we talk specifically about how just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean they're your enemy. Right. It doesn't make them into a bad guy. Right. Or just because you have an idea that you think is good doesn't make you into the good guy versus them. And, I mean, it's just basic stuff for civil society, right. right, of being able to get along, of like, we can have a discussion about something, and we can understand where we're each coming from. We don't have to agree on the same conclu- cl- conclusions we came to, but then we can still find common ground in other things. Right, yeah. And it doesn't have to be, oh, now you're you're segmented over here, and I'm over here. Yeah. Like, that's not the way it works. And every, the different problem with that is that everybody thinks they're the good guy. Like, even right. the, the people telling your kids that gender doesn't exist, they think they're on the team of, like, we're on revolutionary change. Oh, absolutely. Like, they are the good guy, and they're these crazy old principles from our grandparents that are right. destroying these gender roles and all this. And Their, they mo- think, their motivations are very much pure, Yeah, at least from their own standpoint, right? Right. They're mm-hmm. not doing it to be nefarious. They believe that they're actually changing the world for a positive. Absolutely. There's no other justification to do it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, if you go, you know, question their beliefs, especially if you're not civil about it, they, they the walls go up immediately. And that's yeah. all civil discussion is over at that point. That's right. And I think that, I think it's good what you guys are doing. The work you're doing is, is good because now I'm on the outside looking in. I don't have children, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I... Mike's one of my best friends. I converse with him all the time, and it's really been eye-opening. Because, I mean, I, growing up in the 90s, I don't know, maybe we saw it and just didn't realize it, but, I, I mean, I grew up in just a traditional Midwestern home, you know? Sure. My parents weren't overly political. Right. You know, they just, they let us make our own decisions. They didn't really shelter us from much, and it, it just seems like today's world is just so different. Yeah, and and that's why you're seeing the demand for the series that you're seeing. You know, that's why you're raising so much money in crowdfunding. Yeah, because people are kind of they're starting to wake up, and I don't think it's just, you know, like, well, what the media would label like far right individuals that are seeing this. I, right. I think a lot of just everyday working class families are going, why are you learning this in school, or why why does there need to be a kids book about, you know. <laughs> raising non-binary children or whatever right. topics you know so it's, right. it's, it's even been eye-opening for me as a single guy with no kids I'm like wow you really there's there's a lot to keep your eyes on here right right and, and our interest with the show is very much in the principles of freedom and economics and it doesn't get a, a whole lot into that other kind of stuff because we i mean we just believe that stuff's best best left to parents anyway right, right. And, and so and how do you break down like some of these are extremely complex socioeconomic issues yeah how do you break that down into a kid's book like, right you, that's something that you read when you're 25 years old and it's like a 600 page book no you know? for you, sure but usually principles i think in their truest form end up being pretty simple when you're able to boil them down now to some degree, they've already been boiled down in the books, right? Mm-hmm. In the examples that are used there. Um, but um, kids, yeah, kids are, I think, really good at understanding concepts of justice and what's right and wrong. Yep. And if you can boil it down to that, um, 
then it's really helpful for them. And we have the advantage of um, the the show is based around a grandma with a time traveling wheelchair, so she can take the kids back in time to visit historical figures like Frederick Bastia, the the famous French economist, or um, Adam Smith, you know the the, the Scottish um, uh, um, economic thinker, or um, or Gandhi, you know, and go visit him about like um, the way he used. Um, the way he used basically the golden rule to accomplish his goals with the British Empire as opposed to using violence and things like that. Um, so all those things are kind of coming into play. And um, so that's a really nice thing. Um, I guess storytelling element that we have is being able to use time travel to our advantage yep. in this imaginary world. And then also um, it's a kid show. And so we get to use really cool visuals yeah. and things like that to kind of break things down into, okay, what's the most simple form of a government, in the very first, in the very first episode, we reduce it down to a sheriff of an old of a, a little town in the in the Wild West, and that's that's the government, right? Yep. The people that are the people are hiring a government official to protect their rights. That's essentially what a government is, right? Is right. that is a, it's a the people a community are paying to protect their rights, right? And that's what the kids are learning about, and they can see it in that most simple form. And b- b- before you bring in all the you know different levels of government and stuff, and its most form, truest form, it's it's a sheriff, it's a it's it's a policeman that people have hired to do a job that they should be able to do for themselves, of being able to protect their own lives or their own um, liberty or their own property, right? Correct. And that's how we um, that's how we illustrate it. For example, in the, in the first episode, is reducing it down to its most its most basic form and letting the kids see that through the lens of time travel. Sure. And now, so where exactly, where will this cartoon be available for parents to find? Yeah, so Tuttle Twins will be available on an app um, to download um, on both the App Store and Google Play. And the first um, episodes will be free. Um, In fact, I think we might have all the episodes um, be free uh, uh, there. But um, our distributor is Angel Studios. And um, and so they've got an app they're preparing for us that we'll launch with. Um, that'll be this fall, um, probably looking around September, and then um, and then the first episode will also be available to watch on YouTube and on Facebook. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very exciting because I mean that's something that I like. All like I'm trying to say it just to you know try to sell people on it. Like I literally, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would be directing my kids towards this. Like there's so much. Just there's there's like a, there's a war on that pretty much with the with political agendas right now and it's hard like even when my kids watch YouTube you know they we filter make sure they're watching the shows that are appropriate but then ads pop in, in the middle and they're all woke and it's just like can you keep this away from my kids like where can I go and that's that's what they want though they've created this this environment though where it's they they want to control the next generation with with their ideology and I think the only way to fight back is doing what you guys are doing so I, I really appreciate that well thank you we're we're on a good um We've got a good trajectory right now, and we just hope it continues. So appreciate your help in getting the word out. Absolutely. Do you have any uh, social media or anything people can uh, find yeah. you or donate? To yeah, you? Tuttle Twins TV. Um, uh, if you go to TuttleTwins.tv, that's our website. Okay. And then it's Tuttle, Twin, Tuttle Twins TV on, um, on Facebook and uh, on Instagram and on um, YouTube. Those would be probably the primary places to look us up. And if somebody wanted to add to the crowdfunding, they can go there. So the, the crowdfunding website. is closed. Oh, it is. Yeah, the crowdfunding okay. is closed. Yeah, we've we've already funded our first season. Gotcha. Um, but to follow us along, TuttleTwins.tv, put your email in there, so we'll let you know when the app is available. 
so you can watch watch the show for free and there might be other opportunities to invest in the future but um quite honestly i hope i hope we do well enough that we don't have to go turn it um you know open it back up to investment but that's a that's is a possibility for the future but anyway too too early to, to speak yeah, on that so let's hope that uh yeah. it sells as good as the book or better <laughs> so well, daniel thank you so much i'm looking forward to see what your work comes to comes to be in the next couple of years thanks for having me on thanks bye Hey guys, welcome back to Pulse to the Wall, recording live from Freedom Fest, uh, joined by my brother Nick Paul, and we have Connor Boyack, who is the author of the Tuttle Twins children book series. So, Connor, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks for having me. So, when I got the list of people that were interested in being interviewed, I was thrilled when I saw your name on it, um, only because, anecdotally, I had already purchased some of your books, and my daughter had read them and been a huge fan, and it was exactly what I needed to fight back with all the indoctrination in the public library and the public schools and she took a huge interest in reading and mm-hmm. I was like you gotta be careful what you put in your head you know it's a reading at that, that age they're so formative and they're so impressionable um, that I was uh, I first heard about you on Tom Woods a couple years ago and before my daughter really got into reading or could even read and I, I kept it in the back of my mind and I was just very happy that somebody's out there doing that and I was even more encouraged when I saw the success you're having so how have, how's the response been to your books? Any future plans? Uh, where do you stand with the whole project? So for those who don't know, the Tuttle Twins is a children's book series that teaches the ideas of liberty to young kids. And we've got a series for kind of 5 to 10-year-olds. We've got a toddler series. We've got a series for teens. So we got a lot of books now. And uh, as of, I think, uh, last week, we sold over 2.5 million books uh, we translate them into a dozen languages. We're doing a cartoon now, right? All these different things. My goal is no matter the age of the kid and no matter how they like to learn, we want to have something for them to learn about freedom. Some kids prefer watching shows or listening to audio or reading a book or doing active you know, workbooks and things like that. So we're trying to basically create a content empire to teach the rising generation about liberty. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. The biggest response we get, honestly, from the moms and dads is like, where was this when I was growing up? And, and oftentimes the parents themselves feel like they don't know how to talk about these ideas to their kids. They believe in freedom, but they don't know how to talk about property rights or they don't, you know, free market economics. And so our books give these parents who believe these things but don't fully understand them themselves a way that they can talk to their kids about them, read the stories along with them, we get messages every day from parents who are like, you know, I never learned this stuff in school. So it's been a great way for us to foster family conversations about ideas that matter. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, the first book she read was The Miraculous Pencil, uh, we the one was, and she was the, just going through it and I was helping her read it and explain it and the, how, you know, how powerful that message is. I was starting to think, like, wow, she probably knows more about economics than her teacher at this point. Or half of Congress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, you, you filled a market demand, for sure. I mean, oh, people yeah. wanted this. Now, especially with 2020, it's been huge. In the first six years of selling these books, and, of course, you know, you start out, you got one book, you got two books. Like, it goes really slow at first when no one knows who you are and you only have one book to sell. But as, as we start publishing more, it started picking up. Our first six years, 2014 to 2019, we sold 750,000 books, inclusive of you know all those six years. In 2020 alone, we sold 1.3 million books, which is almost double the entire you know past history. And to me, that speaks a lot of like 2020 is crazy. Parents have woken up; they're not woke, you know, in our in people who read our books, anyways. But they've seen how everyone else has gone woke, and they got all this garbage teaching in school, 
and the world is crazy, and how do I talk to my kids about this? And so a lot of families have been like looking around trying to figure out how to make sense of the world, and then you know, a friend or someone, or they see an, an ad online, and it's like, come check out the Tuttle Twins. So there's been a huge, huge demand uptick, and we just think that's going to continue. So how closely related do you think that is? Because to me it seems pretty obviously related when you see like the number of parents that are now saying that they're going to be homeschooling or that already have made the move to homeschool. It's just becoming, like even anecdotally, I hear my friends that have kids say that they're leaning towards this. And you see the giant uptick in the sales of uh, the Tuttle Twins. I, I mean, I guess even if parents keep their kids in school, it's almost like they want your books just to counter what they're learning in school. But even if they're homeschooling them, then they still want the books just for pure entertainment. So yeah. it seems like you have a pretty safe market there no matter what happens. But what do you think of this giant movement of homeschooling and parents like more actively trying to counter what their kids are learning at school? So to start with the first one, our community is split right down the middle. About half of them homeschool and the other half are in you know public, private, charter school. And you're right, for the homeschoolers, it's like, ooh, this is curriculum to teach about civics and economics, and they kind of turn it into a little, you know, teaching opportunity for their kids. And you're also exactly right in that the half that are in school, those parents see this as supplementing what the kids are not getting in school, or they're getting the opposite in school. And so those parents see this as, oh, I can do this in the home to kind of lessen the negative impact of school on my kid. Uh, More broadly across the country, homeschooling has tripled, and that's a conservative estimate. And so there's been a huge uptick. I think now as we get the Delta variant and we're going back in the school year and all the lefties are wanting to shut down all the schools and you know require masks, I think we're going to continue to see parents who just reach their tipping point and they're like, I'm done. I'm pulling my kid out. I don't want this nonsense. So I've always said, or always in the past year, I've said the government's response to COVID and all of this madness has been the best marketing program for homeschooling we could have ever asked for. And it's, it's taken so many parents by the shoulders and just shaking them awake to say like, hey mom, hey dad, it's time to finally figure out if you really, really want to be in a government school or if that was just convenient because it's what you did growing up or free babysitting or whatever, you know, it causes them to reconsider the comfort of that status quo and say, it may be harder to homeschool, it may require sacrifice, but it's time to make a decision that's actually right for your kids rather than what's convenient for you. Right. So now, what was your motivation to start making these books? Uh, you're, I talked to Daniel Harmon, you said you're a father yourself. Yeah. Was that part of the motivation, just giving your kids something that was not available? So, in part, I run a think tank, Libertas Institute. We change hearts, minds, and laws in favor of freedom. And because that's my day job, changing laws, working with elected officials, I found myself wanting to share with my kids what it is I do all day. Because, you know, every day I'd you know, come home, hey, tell me about your day. And they were five and three, so they were still little at this point. But every once in a while, they'd ask, like, what did you do today, Daddy? You know, and, and I'd, at first, I'm like, how do you talk about, well, you know, I can do it the easy way. I'd be like, oh, I just type on a computer all day, you know, like, <laughs> and keep it simple. But, like, no, there's a teaching opportunity. I want to talk to uh, my children about why I'm passionate about my work and trying to fight for a freer world. But how do you do that for a five-year-old? How do you talk to a three-year-old about eminent domain or a five-year-old about inflation or whatever? And so I went on Amazon trying to find books that would teach about free market ideas for my kids and came up short. I mean, they got books on potty training and sex ed and like everything under the sun, but they didn't have any teaching freedom to young kids. And so that prompted the idea where I was talking with my buddy Elijah, who's now our illustrator, and he observed the same thing. His kids were young. He wanted to teach them 
So we just teamed up on a on a book as kind of a fun little side project. No delusions of you know it turning into any of this. We actually came here at Freedom Fest seven years ago. We had a booth just for the one book that we put out, thinking that uh, our book was based off of The Law by Frederick Bastiat. And we thought, oh, all these people have read The Law, so we'll tell them, you know, come get the kids' version. And there was a massive response. People loved it. And so Elijah and I were like, let's do a second one, you know, and it just kind of continued. People kept buying it, and we're like, all right, well, as long as they keep buying it, we'll keep making more. And then two and a half million books later, here we are. So it's been a ton of fun. So... I wanted to ask, you said these books are translated into multiple different languages, and has the reception been just as positive overseas? I mean, have you noticed, like, with 2020, since Europe is essentially still locked down, you know, with what's going on there, have you noticed a big reception overseas as well, or has it been more domestic? Australia, I would imagine. Is yeah. that a big one? So we don't, so we, we, shipping has been hard. We don't have a lot of local resellers, and so when people try and order directly from us to Australia. It's like, oh, if you're willing to pay like $100 shipping. So we're trying to figure out the local distribution piece. But we do have, in our translated books, we have local partners who print it. So like Brazil, Germany, Italy, France, some of these countries, they'll, uh, they print the translated versions locally and then distribute it much more easily. And yes, in the past year, they've seen a huge response. Uh, We've been, we have one of our books in The Law. Uh, We have that in Korean. So we're trying to figure out, there's some renegade activists who will put educational material in these balloons and float them over the border into North Korea, trying to like spread educational material. So I want to do that. but yeah, it's it's in these countries where we've got people on the ground printing our translated versions. There's there's demand everywhere, and and people are fed up with kind of the authoritarianism of how the governments across the world have been dealing yeah. with a lot of this stuff. And again, like that sucks, and we all hate it. But at least there is a silver lining, and in our view, that silver lining is people kind of taking the red pill and saying, "I'm done. I need to ed- get educated. Where do I turn?" Right. I- no. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was going to say, so you mentioned that you have, like, uh, Friedrich Bastiat's The Law distilled into a kid's book. Yeah. Is there any place for Hans Hermann Hoppe in a kid's book? Oh, the, no. Okay. The answer is yes, and here's why the answer is yes. The second to last book we did is called The Tuttle Twins and the Messed Up Market, and it is based on human action by Ludwig von Mises. Okay. So if I can get a Mises book, like the, the tome, the Mises book of all Mises books into a kid's version... I can do anything else. So Hoppe's on the list. Nice. You know, we want to do a Tom Woods one eventually, Walter Williams. You know, there's so many people who've written some amazing books on important topics that we want to honor and we want to share their ideas. And so we got a long, long list. We're going to be busy for years to come. Yeah. That's remember, awesome. So I remember uh, Tom Woods did an episode about someone who kind of wrote like a, a smear against the, saying like you, you get the children young, the right gets them young or something to that effect. Um, has there been a lot of that, a lot of pushback thinking it's trying to like, like you're the indoctrinator versus what they're doing. Oh yeah, no, we get accused by socialists of you know propaganda, propagandizing kids with you know capitalist, whatever, and, and just the, like the irony. So so in my in, in my community, there's an elementary school a few months ago that went kind of viral. There was a photo taken of their wall, and they had like the ABCs up there for like the little kids. Uh, traditionally, it was A is for apple, B is for book, and they have little pictures, and they have, you know, the big letter B and all that stuff. Except in this school, it was A is for activism, S is for social justice, oh, what? Y is for yes we can, oh. which, you know, is Obama's, like all these, all these things. And, and they got caught, they had to take it down after all the pressure and the backlash, but 
so when people criticize me for, oh, this is propaganda for kids, I'm like, I'm sorry, but what is the word propaganda? It's to propagate information. So really all this comes down to is who gets to decide what children should learn? Are we supposed to just send our children to the state for their, you know, indoctrination and we have no say in the matter? Or are these our children to whom we can transmit our values and our ideas or just encourage them to be critical thinkers and evaluate our ideas against, you know, other ideas they come across? There's propaganda everywhere and there's information everywhere and kids are going to get in the media and the schools and everywhere. And so... We need to stop playing defense. we got to stop. I mean, for too long, the conservative libertarian right was, like, at events like this, all these organizations out here trying to reach adults, we've only forever waited until people are adults. We've surrendered our kids to this leftist, socialist school system, and then when they churn out as these apathetic, dumbed-down, left-leaning, democratic, socialist zombies, then it's like, oh, now let's start trying to reach out to them. And we're forever playing defense. So our pitch is, like any gardener, right? You go into a garden and you got an orchard, and you get these diseased trees. Yes, we got to fertilize those those adult diseased trees back to good health. And that's what our organizations and efforts all do is with these adults. But any good gardener worth his salt is also planting seeds and saplings yep. in a way that can avoid the rot and the, the disease and the problems mm-hmm. of the older trees. Yes, still go help the older trees. There's a lot invested in them. You want to care for them. You can reclaim them. But good heavens, we got to plant more seeds and saplings. And that's how we see ourselves. I love it. I, I mean, and you know, I'm a future customer. I've got the first baby on the way right nice. now, and uh, and I mean, I haven't even grappled with the question of what am we, what are we going to do for school? Are we going to homeschool? Are we going to, you know, try to put the kid through private school? There's all these questions, but you know, something as simple as what we read them when they're going to bed, when they're you know young kids, it seems like a no brainer. I mean, and it seems like you know any parent, the reason that your books are gaining so much steam right now is because they're looking for something. Even people who were two, three years ago, completely politically apathetic. I think a lot of people are waking up to the intensity of what's happening right now. So, um, I guess to to put that in the form of a question or to kind of to follow up on that, what I know you guys have the cartoon coming out soon, and you know Mike's kids checked it out today. What other projects are you going to do beyond the books, or is, are you just going to keep exploring the book realm? So we're going to lean very heavily into the book realm, but we are doing the cartoon. We have a game. We're probably going to do more games. We're doing curricula. We're going to have merchandise and posters. We have audiobooks. We have a podcast. Basically, we're trying to create something no matter the age of the child or how they like to learn. Uh, learn. We want to have something in all the different formats. And so everything is on the table, especially as the audience kind of demands more and more. Uh, we're going to have the funding and the, the market demand to do that. So, But we got all kinds of book plans. We, we think that's the sweet spot. A lot of parents don't like their kids being on devices all the time and you know, all the digital stuff. They really oh, yeah. love just books that they can sit there and read over and over again. So we're going to continue to invest very heavily in a lot of books. Yeah, and I told you off the record before we started recording that um, my 8-year-old daughter and my 4-year-old son checked it out. Um, I didn't get a chance to see it, ironically, because I was watching my 2-year-old boy-girl twins. I could not watch the subtle twins. <laughs> it's a strange twist of irony. But my 8-year-old ran out, and she'd read three of the books prior to this, and she ran out and said, I want to get the rest of the books. Like the first thing she said. And that's like, awesome. So you turn around and you go tell, 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 those tell guys the that. camera. That's yeah. a nice <laughs> test group. That oh, is. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's good validation. So, I mean, yeah, this is like, you know, not just trying to sell your books. It's purely from the bottom of my heart. Like, I thank you for what you're doing. This thank is, you. 
it was, uh, I mean, That's awesome. It, it, was a, it was a tool I needed when, yeah. I, when I had a dog that was interested what, in me. What I like about it, too, is it gives parents a language with which to talk to their children yeah. about these ideas. Like, again, it's how I struggled. How do you talk to a five-year-old, in my case at the time, about, you know, freedom type of issues or current events? And I think we all struggle with that, which is probably why, over the years, we've just said, ah, I'll wait till they're older. And then they're just getting exposed to all that crap in the meantime, and then, you know, by that point, they don't share our values anymore. So parents are really gravitating to this because it gives them a language with which they can communicate. They can have some of those important family discussions at a younger age. They can instill their, their kids with curiosity about these ideas. I had a dad recently who emailed me. He's at the grocery store. And they're walking down the chip aisle, and the kid, his son, Total Twins reader, was like, Dad, now I understand why there's like 15 kinds of potato chips. It's spontaneous order. No, it's awesome. And it's like, it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, and like suddenly the kid, something clicks, and that's going to stick with that kid for a long time. That's a little reference point because he's familiar with the story. He can kind of better understand the world and how it works. And those are the moments that we're really trying to create for families rather than just waiting until they're adults. You can start now, and it's really amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yep, I know you're pressed for time, but anything else you want to close on? Any social media plugs where people can find the book? Uh, so all the books, everything, big discounts are at TuttleTwins.com. If you want to learn about the cartoon, that's at TuttleTwins.tv. And uh, we're over all the socials. If you like spicy memes, you got to follow our Instagram account. We share right. a lot of fun stuff. Hell but, yeah. yeah. No, really, I, really encourage everyone to, to, you know, even if you don't have kids, you got nieces, nephews. Yep. We, we have families who buy bulk sets of books just to give away for like birthday gifts and everything they're like missionaries <laughs> for freedom out there just with their tracks of you know it's, <laughs> spread it's thing around. i was gonna close on that like as i encourage all the listeners to go out and buy it if they don't have kids like you know just just give out for halloween or something <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i i just got the idea i want to go a balloon instead of north korea <laughs> yeah. you gotta do. Get so i want to go door to door i want to get dressed up nice and just be holding them like ring the doorbell and go door to door and you know just jehovah's witness style you, you can even do that a message about yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love Thanks, it. guys. I appreciate Connor, it. Connor, thank, thank you so you. much. Keep up the great Thanks. work. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to radiobeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's radiobeets.com code DEAL.